Welcome, citizens of Gotham, to The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast focusing on all things the Dark Knight and his world. If you'd like to connect with the show, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TFRBatPod. And if you have thoughts, questions, comments, or even suggestions for future episodes of the show, you can reach us by email at TFRBatPod at gmail.com. My name is Eric Carter, and I am your host, and I am joined once again by my co-host, Mr. Joseph Fornerado. Joe, happy late Valentine's Day, buddy. Happy belated Valentine's Day, Eric. Good to, yeah, good to talk like, to you. Yeah, we're like five days late on that, six days when you're probably listening to this, but oh well, um, I'm not a celebrator of Valentine's Day, but for all those out there, I hope you had a very nice one, a very pleasant one. And, you know, just to just to drive that point home, we're going to talk a little bit about a, a death today. <laughs> um, yeah, interesting topic yeah, for Valentine's Yeah, Day. exactly. kind of worked out. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are here today to celebrate uh, yet another anniversary. Everybody knows that we that we love doing that here on the show. And, you know, we've got one coming up in March. So we're a little early on this one, but I like being a little early versus late. So, I mean, on time's perfect, but if you got to be late or early, go with it early. So, we are here to talk about, um, I don't know, what do you think? Yeah, probably, the, would you say the most beloved Robin of them all? Maybe the most polarizing Robin, actually. Well, maybe, maybe. Um, I think there's some debate between him and the, him and the current one. Um yeah. But yes, we are here to talk all about Jason Todd today, the second Robin, and he's turning 40 this year. So it's the 40th anniversary in March of Jason Todd. So we wanted to take some time and give a little love to Jason because he doesn't get much of it. Um, But especially, well, I felt it was necessary to do so, and, and Joe decided he would go along with me. So... Uh, we have just a general conversation. We're going to talk some Jason Todd today, but before we get to our thoughts, I did put it out there on Twitter. You know, I told you guys we were going to talk a little bit about Jason Todd and celebrate 40 years of him as a character. And I asked your thoughts and we did get some thoughts. So I kind of wanted to read those before we get started here. Our first one is from BJ Shea. He said, 40 years Damn, better off dead except for Under the Red Hood and that Chip Zdarsky story in Urban Legends. J.J. Hodges said his story peaked with Under the Red Hood. Tom Pensenolt said I was always kind of indifferent to him back in the day, but I remember being shocked that the fans voted to kill him off. It's been 35 years or so, and I don't remember if I voted or not. I've enjoyed more of his stories as the Red Hood than I ever did as Robin. So that, that's interesting to me. 
Uh, Matthew Malecki said he is a necessary part of the Batman mythology as his death shaped Batman and the Bat family for a long time afterwards. But as a character, I've never really connected with Jason as I have with all the other Robins. Lee Anchorit said, I can't comment on Jason Todd as a Robin as I've only read the biggies, a death in the family and a lonely place of dying. 100% agree that his death is vitally important in Bruce's development and grief. So I wouldn't ever want that to change. Um, Aaron Kay said he wasn't the best Robin, but he is the most important in terms of Bruce's character. Even today, the weight of the event is felt. He is one of my fave, and it feels like writers enjoy taking on Jason as he is involved in some of the best arcs. Peter Vera said, I still believe Todd's death will always be more valuable than his life ever was to the mythology of Batman. Um, Andrew doesn't have a last name listed here, but his, uh, ta- his handle is at underscore Andrew with lots of O's. <laughs> he said, uh, should have either stayed dead or stayed completely villainous after Under the Red Hood. Tagging along with Batman and being a hero defeats the whole Batman's biggest failure thing. And then um, Detective 271939 said, I am one of the people who thinks he should have stayed dead because that event has such a massive impact on Batman and DC in general. Bringing him back took a lot of meaning out of death in the family. So some varied thoughts there on Jason seems like there's a lot of agreement and then there's some kind of interesting, you know, side tangents there, which I'm sure we will talk all about. Um, but without further ado, firstly, thank you guys for all your thoughts on Jason. But now we're going to talk about our thoughts. So just in general, Jason Todd, the character, what are some broad thoughts you have, Joe, on Jason? It's tough. I'm I'm pretty in line with what all the listeners sent in. I mean, it, it, it seems like the most popular opinion on Jason is the impact felt from his death is the most important thing about his character. Mm-hmm. I pretty much feel the same way. But I do think there is a lot of great or there are a lot of great stories from post under the Red Hood. And I think I think if you handle the character in a in a really emotional way, you get a lot out of him after his resurrection. I I do still think maybe Batman's greatest failure because of his death. It it's like what the character is mm. to its core, but I think that failure can be added to even in his resurrection and I think the biggest example of that is under the Red Hood, the film, mm-hmm. the animated film. Um, so it's tough because there's so many great Jason stories um, as Red Hood, in my opinion. I, I like a lot of stories that involve him as Red Hood. There's only one story that I know of besides like some, um, I think Lee was the one that said he only knew Lonely Place of Dying and uh, Death of the Death in the Family. The only big Batman story I know of that involves him as Robin is the cult. There aren't a lot of notable stories that are talked about, I guess, in the, you know, the, the fandom in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I just, I don't know. I went back and read some, some interesting stuff 
of his early of his early days as Robin and you know some pre-crisis and post-crisis stuff but I personally I still think I I would have preferred him to have stayed dead but I I can appreciate a lot of the stories from after the fact gotcha okay yeah um so so far as myself with Jason look he's he's nowhere near my favorite Robin um I do really like him as Red Hood I think he's a very interesting character because he's so conflicted he's like he's kind of like DC's version of Punisher almost um because he is very much Mm -hmm. you know he's he's capital punishment um, he goes after crime in a very, you know, finite and definite manner. Um, well, in some stories, I think that's yeah, the biggest problem with in Jason, some stories, in my opinion, is that I think. But then, yeah, he does have which which is why I, I which is why I do forgive a lot of that. He has the raising and the training of from Batman, from Bruce Wayne. So he he has mm-hmm. even more of kind of a he does have that moral compass a little bit that gets in his way way more than Frank Castle. I mean, Frank Castle would never let a moral compass get in his way uh, when he's on his, in his war on Mm -hmm. crime. And I do think that's what makes uh, Jason as red hood. Very intriguing is because he he's very conflicted over what he's doing at times. Um, And there's times where, you know, when he's working with the bat family, like he doesn't use lethal force because he knows that doesn't fly, you know? So it's it, but when he's off on his own, I mean, and, and he's, he's, uh, in his red red hood and the outlaws, there's been there's been an arc that I thought was fascinating where he teams with Bizarro and oh gosh I can't remember Artemis. Artemis. There you go, and he's they're kind of the dark trinity, which is really fascinating to me because it's like this flip side, this dark shadow of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Um. But yeah, I mean, so far as a Robin, he's got a very interesting past, which we're going to get into. Um, but yeah, I mean, he I don't think he was Robin. Let's see. Post-crisis, he was Robin for about, what, a year? Something like that? It was 408 to what was Death, of the, Death in the Family. It started at 426. 426? Yep. Yeah, so maybe, maybe two years. Yeah year and a half um so yeah he didn't i don't think he got a whole lot of time to really grow as a character before they wanted to kill him uh so and it's a whole interesting Mm -hmm. thing about how we got there but i think one of the one of the listeners that wrote in on that on those comments you know they said that they think he's the most important robin and i you know he's not my favorite robin i don't think he's the best robin by far, but he, I do agree with that. I do think he is the most important because I mean, which other Robin has a memorial hanging in the Batcave? I mean, there's, there's no other Robin that has left the mark on Bruce Wayne that I think, than I think that Jason has. Um, so yeah, I think he's critically important to the story of Batman and how we know Batman today, but uh, let's get into a little bit of talking about Jason because it's so fascinating when you actually go back. And, and I don't think I knew this until much later. Um, I don't think I knew about Jason's original origin until after Under the Red Hood, the movie came out. And I was doing some like looking back on Jason and kind of learning a little bit about him. But he was a wildly different 
uh, character when he was first conceived in 1983, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I knew vague amounts of mm-hmm. info, <laughs> but I never actually went and read those stories until Friday. Right. <laughs> um, and it was very interesting. Um, yes, extremely different. And I'm curious whether... I mean, if you want to just get right into it, do you think Jason would be dead if they stuck with him under that current path or under that? um, So I don't know, because he's basically a blonde carbon copy of Dick Grayson. And in the in the original, you know, in the original arc where he was brought in, you know, they wanted Robin to be with Batman, um, but they couldn't use Dick Grayson because he was leading the Titans at the time and he had kind of gone off on his own. So they wanted they wanted Robin. So they basically retold the Robin story or the Dick Grayson story and put Jason in his shoes. It's really odd. I don't know. See, because that's a really good question, because apparently he was pretty popular during the time. Um, yeah, and I can't even speak to that because I haven't heard much about his pre-crisis no. history other than that. He was pretty much a carbon copy of, of Dick Grayson. I knew he was in the Haley Circus. I knew he was blonde and they actually dye his hair. That was like a story point to make him look like Dick mm-hmm. uh, for when he was Robin. Um, I remember I didn't know how his parents died. And did you read that issue? Or no? I did not. I ran out of time. So you fill us in. <laughs> so it's actually a pretty decent story with killer croc it's like a it's a pretty long story too now again so to, to preface that I, I have read it in the past i do remember the killer croc uh involvement i just don't because if i remember oh, correctly okay. didn't he feed them to crocodiles something like that yeah okay yeah so bruce and dick actually recruit jason's parents to help them track down killer croc mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what gets his parents killed. And Bruce is actually really, um, he's in that place at that time where he's kind of a jerk. Um, and that's when Dick is starting to really get annoyed with Bruce and you could tell they're already Mm -hmm. at odds. And Dick was friendly with Jason's parents because of the Haley circus connection. And yeah, so it's a long story because I've only read the Batman title having no idea that it went back and forth between Batman and detective because there were two different writers on each book. And I didn't know until I got to the climax of the story because it says, Oh, it finishes a detective for this anniversary issue or whatever it was. And I'm like, Oh, apparently this also started in detective. (laughs) So you were supposed to read back and forth, but the, the culmination of the arc is in detective and it's a really, actually my favorite issue of the story is, um, is that issue. Uh, and yeah, it's pretty like you do feel for, for Jason, obviously, because he's actually, I don't even remember how he gets to Wayne Manor, but he, he doesn't even know his parents are dead when he actually first puts on like the makeshift Mm -hmm. Robin suit. And, he then goes to find Batman and Robin to help and then learns that his parents have been killed already. It's pretty crazy. Um, and something that isn't really discussed all that much because it would happened right before crisis and got erased from existence. I do think 
the post-crisis Jason, whether he's liked or not, I think it's much more interesting. I think it makes for a much better dynamic with the Robins. And like you were saying, as how Robin might, uh, Jason might be the most important Robin. I think the best part about the three, in my opinion, the three main Robins before we get to Damien, everyone plays a huge factor in the history of Robin. You have Dick, who is the original and grows out of it and goes on his own. You have Jason, who is basically teaching whether it be Batman or the readers, that it's not easy mm-hmm. to be Robin. <laughs> There's Dick was a special character. You lose him. That's a failure now for Batman. And then you have Tim as a character who's basically teaching the reader and Batman that you need a Robin and this is the way to do it. And I think that's, what's so great about Jason as a character is he's the bridge between the two. I mean, I'd argue the most popular Robins. I know we still have Damien, but I think each, even if you want to include Damien, I think each Robin does play a a good part in the history of the character based on different factors. Each one brings something different to the table. And I think Jason being that bridge in a very short time, it's important to get to Tim and to Damien. Well, and even if you want to throw Carrie Kelly in there, I mean, each Robin that we've had, um, and I know Carrie's kind of an offshoot and Elseworlds or whatever you want to call that, but they, and we can even get into like, uh, um, Stephanie Brown for yeah, a short time. Short time if you yeah. want to even get crazy um, encounter, but there, there's so many. Yeah. I, I'm just going by yeah. the main ones cause it's tough to include right. all of them. But my point was each, each one of these Robins has a very distinct personality and a, a very, you know, different spin that they bring uh, on their time in the costume. And I think that's what mm-hmm. is so much more interesting about the post crisis. Jason is because before crisis, um, he's very much just, he's, he's a vanilla version of Dick Grayson. I mean, he, he's almost the same character and that's just not as interesting to me as this very, you know, street smart, you know, kind of troubled kid that we got in Jason. Um, and it also, I mean, it, there's a different dynamic with Batman for each Robin. And it's, I, I like seeing those differences in how Batman handles each one of these kids. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I, like not to discredit what they did with the original run with, with Jason, but it's just not like it's, it's an interesting side note in his story to me. Now it's kind of an asterisk. Um, No, I I completely agree with that. It's interesting because they went almost a safe mm -hmm. route. Fans were okay with it, but then for whatever reason, and I don't know what the reason was, they decided to change it up completely it didn't work with fans, but ended up being a blessing in disguise by them killing off Jason because that's what made Jason the character he is today is the death of mm-hmm. Robin. <laughs> so it's it's pretty crazy to think about the way history played out for the character. And yeah, it's just hard to think like, okay, if, if they went the safe route and stuck with it, even post-crisis, where would we be today with the character of Robin? Yeah, I I mean it's a it's a fascinating uh it's a fascinating question. Um but yeah, kind of but I definitely prefer this 
I prefer it yeah, this way. Yeah, for sure. I do too. Um, but going po- post-crisis, once we get into the actual, you know, Jason Todd run, like I said, he didn't have a long, a long stretch as Robin. One to possibly two years max. Um, and I don't even think it was two years. But he was not popular. And apparently people did not like him as Robin. I, I don't know. This was a year before. 88 was a year before I was born. So I have no clue. Um, but yeah, in a fascinating turn of events, we all know we got around to the death in the family story where they decided to put, you know, the power into the hands of the readers and they set up a one nine hundred poll number where you could at, at the very final issue, you could choose whether Robin lives or Robin dies. Um, and for the younger listeners, if we have any that are too young to know what a 1-900 number is, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, the difference between a 1-800 number, and readers might not even know what that is, but a 1-800 number is toll free. A 1-900 number, yeah, you have to pay. Exactly. Yeah, it costs you to pay <laughs> to to make this choice. Yeah. Um, yes. Now, what I find interesting, it, the death selection was only chosen by 72 votes. Uh, because it was five, uh, five thousand three forty three, for killing him to five thousand two seventy one for keeping him alive, and you know, yeah, there's been close. Dennis, uh, Denny O'Neill interviews many times where O'Neill was adamant that he was pretty sure a ton of the votes came from one person. Adding, yes. <laughs> you know, you know, with uh, what were those? Uh, there were machines that they could use back then to kind of. <laughs> It makes me think of the Simpsons where it's like a, it's like an automated mm-hmm. dialer. Um, and it would just keep dialing over and over again. Right. And also it, I'm assuming you watch, that's the documentary on under the red hood. It's a great documentary about the, the story behind the decision to kill off Jason and, um, great. If, if I, I miss a lot of those documentaries. I know they do them a little bit now, but some of them back in the day when, when this animated, when these animated films were coming out, they had some great behind the scenes stuff. with them. Yeah. And it, there's even the quote here that O'Neill said, he said, I heard it was a lawyer who was using a Macintosh and lived in California. I obviously don't have any hard information on this, but I heard someone out there programmed his computer to dial it every couple of minutes. And since there were only about 65 to 70 votes that made the difference in the story, that guy, that guy killed Jason Todd. Yeah. But so I I guess this brings up an interesting question that I wanted to ask you, Joe. So put yourself in a reader's shoes. You're, you're reading (laughs) Batman in 1988. You have no idea about the future. What's going to, you have no idea about under the red hood or any of that stuff. How do you vote when you call that one 900 number? It's funny. I was actually thinking about asking you the same thing. Like, would you have voted and how would you have voted? It's, you know, what's interesting. It's tough. Cause like, I don't know if I would have hated the guy that much, but as a kid, even as a kid, I loved the prosp, the, the, um, not the promise, but the, the possibility of big characters dying in the stories I was reading. Because when you're a kid, you never see, death in your stories that you watch for the most part because you're watching all pg stuff or whatever and they don't kill off the main characters for the most mm. part i was always fascinated by the the 
possibility that that could happen. So I might have voted no just to or voted death just to see what would have happened, mm-hmm. and then been like, oh my, like I can't believe they did it. I don't. I mean, that's probably where I would have gone, but I don't know because if it was like to vote for Dick Grayson, I would. I don't know. Like sometimes I just like to see what would happen because I think death of a meaningful character is important. I think like everyone always says like, Oh, why'd you kill off that person? I love that person. That's why they killed him off because it doesn't mean anything. If they kill off someone you don't like. Well, that's the interesting thing though. Cause apparently so many people didn't like Jason. So <laughs> yeah. And, but he's still Robin and you feel for Batman mm-hmm. with his yeah. death. So it almost feels like it's more of a no brainer to vote death but you hear all these stories about how everyone hated jason for it to be that close of a vote not that many people had to have hated him yeah i mean you're talking less than eleven thousand people voted overall it clearly wasn't unanimous that everyone hated him i feel like it'd be more unanimous now because people are just evil nowadays (laughs) but (laughs) that's why i'm so glad that they don't (laughs) because i would hate oh could you imagine if they did this today with damien everyone would be dead Oh yeah, he he would have been. And there's another character, in my opinion. I I thought Damien's death meant so much. Um, it's funny we only talk about Jason. Yeah, he's death, not the only one but, that's died. <laughs> oh, Damien's death was brutal. I, I feel like Dick is always rumored to die every year, but he never does. Did Tim die at one point? I can't remember. Everyone thought Tim was going to bite it in death of the family. Yeah, because Tim wasn't being used. Mm. So they just assumed it would have been the easy death. But no, I don't think Tim has ever actually been killed. Oh, he he quote unquote died in Tynion's run in Detective. Okay, yeah, that's right. All right. But he like, I don't know, he went off somewhere and was with Doomsday in a thing. I don't remember. It's been a while since I've yeah. read that. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, he was chosen to die. They did, I, I love the fact that they drew both versions of the outcome. Like it was... The, yes. And I I have the, you know, the Death in the Family Deluxe Edition, which is a beautiful book, um, and also has Lonely Place of Dying, which is such a good one-two punch. Those are, those stories go very well together. Um, but yeah, I, I love having that, that panel and that page. And actually, it, it's fascinating. Do you have that book? Do you have the Deluxe Edition? So I have the one prior to the one you okay. have. So I do have that page, but I want to say there's a there's an extra panel in your version. I think so. Um, but I'd have to, I don't remember what the difference is, but I have the one where he's holding Robin and he says, he's a, uh, he's alive. Thank God or something, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's, what's cool though, is some, a little nice touch. I think they did is on the hardcover on the, underneath the dust jacket on the front of the book. It has like a, like a smoky version of the, he's dead page and on mm-hmm. the back of the book it has the he's alive page and those are the those are the oh, two okay. covers of the of the hardcover um which i think is really neat um but yeah so everybody knows that he he was chosen to die and they did kill him um but just briefly i wanted to ask you about that story itself because i've read this story several times and like i said i do enjoy it as a one two punch with lonely place of dying However, as a story overall, Lonely Place of Dying is vastly superior, in my opinion, as a story. Um, I think Death in the Family is all about the event, and the event is what's made it iconic. 
like what happens at the end, but the story itself just, I don't, it's a little, it's not that great, honestly, in my opinion. Well, well, just to sum it up for you, I haven't read that story in a good, in a good few years. And when we were talking about doing this episode, it didn't even cross my mind to reread it. Yeah. Um, it's not great. It has some zany stuff in it with the Joker and all that stuff. And the weird story with Jason's mom and, and that kind of, I, I vaguely remember it. I, it's not a story that I, I know very well. I definitely prefer a lonely place of dying and even year three, mm-hmm. which should be, um, which doesn't get enough love with those stories. Yeah. But it's like, you know what's coming. Everybody knows what what's coming when you read that book and you know about the weight mm. and the gravitas to it. And on the way there, like you said, just the zaniness of the story really feels out of place with what you know is going to happen because it, and I mean, your initial story was like, everyone knew it was leading up to that. Correct. Like that wasn't being hidden. It was, like you knew he could die at the end of that story when they were published. Yeah, I do. I, I think, it, and it's in the deluxe edition. There's like, um, there's previews that, that they had put out to comic shops and things like that of saying, you know, that does Robin live or does Robin die? You know, it's kind of a, as a prelude to getting to the actual story. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody knew kind of what was going to happen. And I think that's what might be what has propped this story up over the years is the anticipation people had to getting there. Um, cause I'm sure it was exciting at the time, but when you go back and read, like knowing that Robin's going to die at the end of that book and you've got the whole Joker has diplomatic immunity and he's some kind of ambassador yeah. And it is just over the top and ridiculous. And it's, it's hard to take seriously, honestly. Um, which I think is another thing that they vastly improved on in under the red hood because it, the yes. movie, because when you get to that story and you know, it's all about Ra's al Ghul hiring the Joker as a distraction, but you can't trust the Joker. I mean, even if you've hired him and he's the wild card and that's what ends up getting, um, Jason Todd killed. That is a much better story, in my opinion. Um, well, yeah, and I mean, not to get too far ahead of the death in the family. Under the Red Hood is is such a great movie because Judd Winnick actually took what he did in the comics with the story and improved on it for the film, including the best aspects of a death in the family. Mm-hmm. I had no idea for years because I had never read. I had never read under the, it was actually under yeah, the hood, under the, the hood. comic storyline. I had never read that in context of infinite crisis. So I never knew how Jason was brought back to life in the comics. I assumed it was a Lazarus pit, just like in the film, because that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole, the way he's brought back into life in the comics is a little, iffy. correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> it's something about Superboy punching the, the source wall or something like that. Yeah. Yes. He punches the source wall and it brings back people and stuff. I don't know. And I love Infinite Crisis. Absolutely love that story. But the aspect of Jason coming back to life because of that, which again, I don't think it was even told in Infinite Crisis. I think it was like told after the fact Mm. in one of the annual issues, if I remember right, in Batman. Maybe, yeah. But it's been a while. I don't remember. Um, So I, I just love that Judd Winnick basically... 
without the constraints of Infinite Crisis, was able to tell his version of of the story in a tight, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, self-contained story. Hmm. In a Batman world, which I, I love because I, I love Under the Red Hood. I mean, we've we've talked about that before, how much we love that movie. I have it on right now in the background while we record. It is, it's funny, it's the only, is it the only animated version of Jason Todd? Um, well, unless, in, uh, unless you include the uh, death in the family. Yeah, I, I almost consider that kind of like just an add on yeah. to this. Um, I don't know. Has Red Hood been in any of the animated movies? Other than other than Under the Red so. Hood? I don't think he has. I don't think so either. Unless we're missing an obvious one here somewhere. Yeah. But either way, um, yeah, just going going on from there, from Death in the Family, it wasn't actually under the hood when we got the the first hints at a return of um of Jason. Jason. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, Hush was the first time we heard about Jason again after Death in the Family. Yes, and I wish I looked it up prior. I don't know if it was intentional that they knew they were bringing him back at the time. I, I remember, so I know that Loeb really liked Jason. And... Like, they retconned it to the fact that it was actually Jason at parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the time it was meant to be Clayface. Yeah. It was meant to be Clayface at the time. That's how I understood it. Yeah. Because Hush knew about Jason and wanted to use Jason against Batman. Um, yes, but yeah, that, so which it's an awesome pay. And Jason, honestly, the way Jim Lee draws Jason Todd, I don't think he's ever looked better. He looks great yeah. in Hush. Um, even though it's not really him. Um, well, I guess now it is, right? Isn't it canon that he, he was actually there? One time it's Jason, the next time it's Clayface, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I, what I do like about that is, and I think this is... Because Under the Hood came before the, the, the retcon about it was Jason, right? As far as what? So Under the Hood came out before they did the retcon of Talia. Um, Talia used the Lazarus Pit to fix Jason's, you know, craziness and zaniness after the source wall punch. And it was actually him and Hush. So that's from Lost Days, Mm -hmm. correct? I think so, yeah. I think. And that was way later. I think that was like something that Judd Winnick wanted to do to improve on the weirdness of, of the stuff that happened with infinite crisis, mm-hmm. because it wasn't a, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a retcon because she, the source wall thing still happened. The Lazarus pit was just used after the fact. Is that no, what no, no, I don't even no, remember. You, I haven't read. Lost no, I wasn't talking about the way he was brought back. That's not a retcon. He was still with the source wall. What I'm saying was they retconned hush to say that he was actually there. And, and, Oh, okay. That I don't remember if that was, I don't remember if that was part of under the hood or the lost days that might've been part of that annual that I'm thinking of. Maybe. Um, but either way, so we had the involvement in hush. And then of course, in 2005, um, 
we got Judd Winnix under the hood, um, which is a good story. Uh, I think, and we've talked about it already, I think what Judd Winnick then did with the Under the Red Hood movie was is a fantastic, almost, I would say, perfect Batman story. Um, well, the hardest part of Under the Red Hood, and again, I love both stories. I love Infinite Crisis and I love Under the Hood. Mm. The biggest problem they had was it coincided with Infinite Crisis. So, like, Under the Hood actually is like four issues, then it goes into something else while Infinite Crisis is going on, and then they come back and conclude Under the Hood. Mm. So you're missing stuff if you just read Under the Hood. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but either way, because I, I do think the Under the Red Hood, not the original Under the Hood, but the Under the Red Hood book that they put out, which has only ever been collected in softcover, unfortunately, paperback. Um, I'd, I'd love mm-hmm. a nice big deluxe edition of that, but it included a lot of the side stories, which does give you more of a full story. And so it, the first time I read it was that way. I read it in a collected edition with all the side stories. Same so with me. yeah, um, it's a, it's a good story. It's a very good story. I, I like the story. And then when we got under the red hood, the movie, I love the story. I mean, it's, it's, if you guys listen to our rankings of the animated Batman films, it is my, all-time favorite animated Batman film. It's perfection to me. Um, and this is the reason everything that happens with Under the Hood, this is the reason why I can't stick with people when they say that Jason should have stayed dead. Because we wouldn't have got this amazing story if he would have stayed dead. And if you look at this story and Death in the Family, him coming back during this story does not diminish Batman's greatest failure at all. In fact, I think it amplifies it. Um, he is still in life. He's still Batman's greatest failure. And I don't know how you feel about that, Joe, because I do know you like the movie, but you also, you said you tend to think he should have stayed dead. So how, how does that, how does that conundrum work out for you? Well, so, I think to an extent I've come around on this due to some of the great stories we've gotten Mm -hmm. with Jason's emotional trauma after coming back. I think the Grant Morrison stuff when he comes back is a little iffy for me. I wasn't crazy about that stuff. I don't remember much about Battle for the Cowl. That was a weird time in Jason's resurrection because I love the dynamic of Under the Hood Mm -hmm. because and the film Under the Red Hood because... I want Jason to come back that Punisher like character that says Batman's not right. And I love the evolution past that of the slow way back to being, to having that moral compass. I think that's what makes Jason interesting. I also don't want Jason to ever get to the point of being Robin, like uh, not Robin, but like, I don't want him to get to the point of the struggle is gone. Does that make sense? Like, I I don't want him to just be a regular member of the Bat family. Doesn't even think about killing anyone ever again. I never want him to get to that point because I feel like that's the end of the story for him. Well, the thing... I love the struggling Jason Todd. Well, it's it's the same reason that we like um, we like shows and, and movies and things like that where, the, he, where the, the hero or the protagonist or the main character is constantly struggling. 
because mm-hmm. we want them like, you know, we, we feel like we want what the best for them and we want these characters to find happiness and peace and things like that. But if they ever do, it's going to be God awful boring. So, you know, you, but they've tried to do that in the comics a lot with Jason mm-hmm. and, and that's what happens. It's years. boring. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, the Red Hood and the Atlas story that you were talking about prior, uh, that's one of my favorite runs mm-hmm. of that with Artemis and Bizarro. I think that's a great book. Mm-hmm. I actually think Jamie is the one that recommended that book to me when Rebirth started. Um, and that was excellent. I love... Um, that's the hard part. Is like, as much as I think, yeah, Jason probably should have stayed dead, we've gotten a lot of great Red Hood stories. And a way more good stories of Red Hood than him as Robin. So like, I, I don't know if I want to lose all that just for the sake of him staying dead because we have them and, and we've gotten to enjoy them over the years. And I mean, think about, you know, we're, we're covering Jason Todd as a character. We spent a hell of a lot more time talking about under the hood or under the Red Hood than we did about his time as Robin. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, well, again, his time of his time as Robin was not all that long. So there's, there's mm-hmm. no real standout moments you can talk. I mean, unless you talk about like the cult, like you were saying, and that's not and very I, Robin focused. <laughs> and I also think he has stayed, he stayed dead long enough for DC to basically have its cake and eat it too, mm-hmm. because the impact was there for years. And then you got to then have a different type of impact when he came back. Yeah. So I think we're kind of in the best of both worlds here. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, and by the way, that, that, uh, outlaw, the Red Hood and the Outlaws story you were talking about, or that run, that is the rebirth run. Cause he also had a Red Hood and the Outlaws run in the new 52 where he was with Roy Harper and Starfire. Yes. I, I have never read that one. I did say rebirth when I was talking about oh, it. You did? I, okay. I've only read, yeah. I, I never read the new 52 Red Hood stuff other than the weird retcon that they did for his um, origin, which I, I didn't hate. I know everyone like hates that origin, like, like massively hates. It. I think people it's just weird... like to hate anything with Jason Todd, but that's <laughs> no, I think it's more. Everyone hates the, the new 52. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because it's the same writer that did that recon that wrote the rebirth era of Jason Todd also. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I refuse to blame the writer because I think that might've been a mandate. Well, or if he was just trying to do something different and people didn't like it. So whatever. But do you remember the retcon where it was basically like uh, Joker created Jason? Yeah, I remember it. Um, It was weird. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about it. But again, like when you're, you know, you're uh, rebooting again, you're trying different things to see what you could do to make these characters different and add. And again, you guys might not have liked it, but you talk about it a lot. And that's what DC wants. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, but to, so to your point, yeah, th- there are, um, cause I think everybody, you know, the, the folks who say, uh, he should have stayed dead. I mean, you're, you're perfectly entitled to that. I get that. Um, but I do, there's a lot of stories in there and there's been a lot of use from Jason Todd over the years. They, I mean, DC has got some mileage out of Jason Todd. Um, if you look at under the red hood, uh, if you look at, Things like um, Arkham Knight, the video game, because that kind of turned into I, a, a similar tale. I'm glad you brought <laughs> that up. 
I'm glad you brought that up. I almost feel bad that we spend so much time talking about Under the Red Hood and stuff because there are so many other great stories and we could probably just do an episode on that movie. But Arkham Knight, I think, did a great job of... I mean, would you say that's like modernizing or like... Uh, what's the word? Realisticizing? Is that a word? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, don't think have, so. No, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> All words are made up. So, like, grounding it to a point where, okay, he doesn't come back from the dead, but now, I don't know how much you remember from that. He basically was tortured by the Joker, told told Batman he was dead, Mm. but he comes back, like, years later, right? Something like that, yeah. Which, that's pretty impactful also, where Batman basically has the he has to confront the fact that Jason is dead for years. Mm -hmm. And then we get Jason's um, turn back as in that case, it was Arkham Knight spoiler alert for a video game. That's oh God. It's longer than I want to admit. How old is that game? Ooh, Arkham Knight. Oh man. Probably eight years old at least. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. Anyway, move on. Cause I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i just think another another interesting way worst kept secret ever everyone assumed it was jason todd but i think it was a good way to to change that story up a little bit and still make it impactful Mm -hmm. and i think that's what they've done with jason over the years is find different ways to add to the mythos of his death he's brought back but how can we how can we make his resurrection just as interesting as his death? And I think a lot of writers has done a great job with that. Well, all the way up into the recent, you know, season three of Titans, because I think yeah. season three of Titans is yet another, you know, well-used version of Jason. It was, there were beats there of the story. We knew, you know, there was death at the hands of Joker. There was the resurrection. There was his turn into red hood. But there was some differences there, too. And I think it was just different enough to make it a fascinating story. And I, Curran Walters, again, I think was a great Jason, uh, Jason Todd Robin. And he was a great Red Hood. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see him again in the role, unfortunately, unless there's something in the back half of uh, Titan season four. But yeah. I, I, oh, I, I'm actually almost positive he comes back at the back half of season four. Oh, you are? Yeah, I thought I remember seeing that somewhere. I'm, we still are waiting on a release date for that. But yeah, I'm almost positive he comes back in some form or another. Okay, well, that's good to know. I had not heard that. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, that another, again, they've used Jason a lot. Um, but I did want to give just a, just a few moments here. Uh, Joe, since we're talking about post under the Red Hood, are there any suggestions that you can give for Jason's stories post that era like some more modern jason stories well not to tip my hand on none of this is my opinion because dc universe infinite (laughs) man you just type in jason todd and you go you literally just scroll down to comic books not see i mean there's some great storylines and there's some great series if you type on just comic books Mm -hmm. there are no pun intended, almost an infinite amount of just issues where Jason plays an important role. And I went through that and found some really fun stuff that I'm going to have to dive into that I didn't know much about. Um, But that's where I found um, a story that you talked about 
um, with me um, off uh, offline. But the Nightwing annual, or uh, yeah, it was a Nightwing annual from what was that two years ago? Um, Maybe only a year ago. No, it. I think it's the 2022 annual. Let me look. I'm trying to bring it up now. Um, I don't remember if it was Nightwing annual number one or Nightwing. An- the annual numbers are weird because they changed the numbering dress. So, okay. It's the 2021 annual. Oh, is it 2021? And it just says 2021 annual number one, which I don't know. I don't know why it's a number one. Cause I'm sure there was an annual in 2020, but they just call the annuals number ones now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great story with Dick Grayson teaming up with Jason Todd. And the other one that I read was a really quick story in Robin, the 80th anniversary issue. Um, it was a pretty big talked about story with Jason and uh, repairing a watch for Bruce when he was Robin for Bruce's birthday and telling him it's literally like four pages. It's such a quick, quick read mm-hmm. um, tells him that he, it was really hard to repair the watch and he's not completely done, but he's going to really work hard on it and he's going to make sure he gives it to him when it's ready. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the story goes from there. I don't want to ruin it for everybody, but it's a quick, really quick read. Um, really nice story of Jason Todd as Robin. Uh, again, you know, most of the, and kind of the same thing with Nightwing, most of the Jason Todd Robin stuff we get is flashbacks. And that's, there are some really great stories of, even in a lot of the Red Hood titles where you get those really cool moments between him and Bruce as flashbacks that tie into what he's thinking now. Um, I I can't recommend Red Hood and the Outlaws Rebirth enough with, with Artemis and Bizarro. I did not read past when he got the suit upgrade. Did you read any of that stuff where I think it was like Red Hood Outlaw? I have not read that one. Um, I want to get into that because I loved that title so much. And for some reason I just fell off of it. Yeah. But as far as stuff after, um, under the red hood, that's what my, those are my main recommendations. I will not say my other recommendation because I'm assuming you are going to. So I'll let you go now. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if, I don't know if I am or not. Um, so we'll I'm see. sure you will. And if you don't, it's because you forgot. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. On what you're talking about. Well, there's about. an absolute of it coming out in May. In May. Okay, you're gonna have Come to on, tell man. me because my my mind you're you forced me to to you forced you're gonna be to so mad you're gonna be so mad when I say this <laughs> Batman Three Jokers. Oh yeah, I had thought about saying that at the beginning of the the beginning of the episode. Yeah, you okay. completely forced my mind into a blank. <laughs> um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so Three Jokers is, I mean, I think if you read... if you, And I might argue with you on the Jim Lee point that Jason Fabok might draw him just as good, if not better, than Jim Lee. Well, I mean, they. I, I'm not fully convinced that Fabok and Lee aren't the same person. Just <laughs> but um but yeah that's Jason Fabok's a hockey fan from Canada. I will I will say that's a plus for Jason Fabok. Well, there's yeah. <laughs> there's downsides there's to everybody, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um no, that yeah, that book is beautiful. I think it's an excellent excellent Batman story and even more so, I think it's a really really good Red Hood and Batgirl story. Um yeah. because both of them have been so traumatized by the Joker. 
so yeah, that, that one's, I, I absolutely recommend that book. Um, another one that I really, really like is Red Hood Arsenal. Um, and it's, it's a quick, I mean, it's, it's 13 issues. I saw that, but I wasn't sure when that was from. Uh, so it's kind of, it's, is that like between new 52 and Rebirth? yes, it's an end cap to new 52 red hood and the outlaws. And it kind it, okay. it, it can, it, the end of it coincides with DC rebirth, like the event. Cause that really intrigued me because those two characters make a lot of sense together. They do. And that's why it works so well is because they're so, I mean, they're, they're almost simpatico. They're so similar. Um, that it's, it's a really good chemistry between them. And it's actually, I, I really like the book. Um, so I recommend that one. And then, um, I also just recommend in general, Joe had talked about just typing in Jason Todd, DC universe and DC or DC universe infinite. And if you have ultra even better, um, there's so many characters in there where if you look them up and if you just look up Jason Todd and you scroll to the bottom there is a separate panel that says get to know red hood. Yes. And if you click on that, it opens like some, uh, a, a, it's, its own panel and it's got a crazy amount of books that focus on the character. And it, I mean, the yeah, first that's thing where you I see, saw the red hood arsenal book. Yeah. And you see like lost days, you see red hood and the outlaws, and then you get the whole origin. I mean, the, the origins in there, death and the family's in there. Hush is in there. So yeah, I mean, I, I just recommend that with any character, but especially if you want to do a little reading up on Red Hood and Jason Todd, that's a great thing to do. Um, and just while I'm scrolling through there, another one that's really good mm-hmm. is, and it's it's not necessarily an in-continuity Jason Todd, Dark Knight Returns the Last Crusade is a great Jason Todd story that's oh, yeah. kind of on its own. That's another version of the death of Jason Todd from the Dark Knight Returns universe. Mm-hmm. Another good one, I mean, I can't even say good one because I, I honestly wasn't crazy about the story, but it's a black label book. It was pretty popular. Suicide Squad, Get Joker. It's an interesting take on Jason Todd. Did you read that? I did read it. I liked it until the end. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I don't even remember if I finished it, to be honest with you. It's a it's a different story. I it's It's interesting. It makes sense for Jason Todd to be kind of recruited into the Suicide Squad, though, especially in a Joker story. Yeah. Um, I didn't love it personally, but if anyone's interested, I think those are those books that can go either way. Like, I don't think it's, it's definitely worth reading. And if you like it, awesome, because it's, it's a quick three issue thing. It's nothing major. I think it's one of those things where, especially being a black label book, and I'll just be quick on this. It's a really, really good book with a really, really bad ending. And with black label, I feel like they did the thing where, um, where they would it's black label. It's like, ah, it doesn't matter. No, see, I, no, I mean like there's no, because it's not canon. You could do whatever. No, so, no. See, I feel oh. like if it was in continuity, what they did with black label is what they would have done in continuity without the oh, restraint. Okay. So I continuity. I, I don't think like, I finished it. I think yeah. I was bored, <laughs> which yes. isn't good, but it just, I remember, or maybe I did read it and maybe I was bored because it didn't, it didn't draw me in with the ending because I'm like, well, what was the point? I don't, rem- I really don't remember. It didn't have a lasting impact on me either way, which isn't good for a, a black label book because you could have done whatever you wanted. Right. And, and see, I would, I, I enjoyed it up until the end. And then when I got to the end, I was like, well, what was the point? So yeah. that's, 
Yeah. But anyway, I, I do think it's it's a fun read. So if, if, if you're looking for some extra Jason Todd stuff to read, I, check it out. See what you think. But ultimately, yeah, the ending kind of disappointed me. Um, but and if, if you want to read a Bat Family Jason book, um, Death of the Family has some good Jason stuff in it. Uh, it's a quick read, too. I, I mean, we're we're definitely, you know, partial to Scott Snyder. Death of the family. But death of the family. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's we're partial one. to Scott Snyder. I think that's a good one. But I think that is one that kind of toes that line of Jason just being a member of the bad family and not really being having that moral struggle anymore. But there's some good arguments between him and the other Robins, which are always fun. And um, there, there is a lot of good Jason stuff out there. And again, like like you were saying, DC Universe Infinite has a ton of stuff, even without the Ultra, just the regular Infinite section. Ultra makes it a little easier with the trades and stuff, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, that comic book section, it'll it'll bring up random issues of, like, that's where I found the Nightwing one. It'll bring up, um, oh, Batman the Adventures Continue brought Jason back. Yep, um, sure did. Different way to, to enjoy a Jason story in a different world. So... Yeah, as much as, like I said, I do tend to prefer that he stayed dead, I can't deny how much enjoyment I've gotten out of him resurrected. Yeah, for sure. And you you gotta know, if DC keeps bringing him back, there's a reason. Jason mm-hmm. has some popularity, whether people want to recognize that or not. Um, but yeah, um, I did, there was something I was gonna, I was gonna recommend... I even saw a book on DC universe that it was a Titans book where he filled in for Dick Grayson in the Titans as Robin. It's an old, it's, it's an old um, teen Titans story, but that's the kind of stuff that I love DC universe for is it'll bring up something like that, that I never knew existed. Well, and there's actually a, uh, in the one year later, a uh, period of the stories. Mm-hmm. He, he's, He's a murderous version of Nightwing as well in New York City. So I think I remember reading that one. Yeah. So there's a lot of wild Jason Todd stories out there. I do um, remember because re- that's in the it's in the Nightwing title during one year later. Is that um, is that Tomasi? Or is that oh, prior to Tomasi? I, I don't remember. Um, yeah, I remember reading that whole I read that whole run. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but here's a uh, here's a question. I'll I'll kind of end it on Joe. Um, we know that we're getting a Bat Family upcoming in the DCU. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think we see Jason Todd? I think at the start of the story, Jason. I see if Damien's already around. Yeah, that's the kicker. <laughs> that's hard. Because I would love to see a time where Jason is dead. Mm -hmm. I think it's easier to just have Jason dead. Mm -hmm. And if you want to don't bring him back, unless you want to do a red hood story, don't have him just around as red hood, because I think you don't need that. I think you are better off having Tim around having, you have Damien. I would rather leave Jason off the table have his suit in the Batcave. Mm-hmm. 
and just have everyone assume he's dead. If you want to bring him back, you better dedicate the story to him because I think it's more of an interesting story that way. That's my opinion. I, I don't know how you feel. You could very well just have him around, but I think I don't think it's necessary unless you're going to do a Red Hood movie, not even a Batman Red Hood movie. If you want to do a Red Hood movie, then you could kind of introduce him that way and then do flashbacks during the Red Hood movie. I don't know. There's there's a lot of different ways to do it. Me personally though in a Batman film, if you're not going to if you're not going to do Red Hood solo movies or a, a Red Hood dedicated film, I would prefer him stay dead. Yeah. I personally feel like since we know we're getting Damien, so we're starting with Damien. I feel like we're definitely going to get a Dick Grayson. That just feels natural. Um I think Having said that, we're either going to get Jason or we're going to get Tim. And unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get both. Cause that, that and tends- I would prefer I would prefer Tim. Yeah. And if we I go to Tim. I think it's the easiest way to go because you could have Jason dead and then you have both. In my opinion, if Jason is dead, you still have Jason. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think we're going to get Tim and we're going to have the suit in the cave. And that's going to be Jason's yeah. representation. Um, and, and, but that does leave that possibility open that if you ever want to do red hood, there it is. Exactly. Um, but yeah. And you don't have to commit to the fact that Jason is dead. You're just not showing him. Right. You could say he was alive the whole time. And we just didn't talk about him. Yeah, exactly. But I think, um, I think that's a good point to kind of wrap it up on this look back and celebration of 40 years of Jason Todd, the second Robin and now and forever known as Red Hood. But we are not quite ready to book it out of here yet because we do have a few emails. And Joe, I think these emails are going to make you happy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you didn't tell me about these ahead of time. So. No, I did not. So you're hearing about this for the first time. Our first one is from Stuart, our pal Stuart. And he says, hey guys, it's Stuart from Guernsey. Following up on you asking the listeners if anyone was interested in you covering Beware the Batman. I am one person who would be really interested in hearing your thoughts as I haven't heard any other podcast cover this animated show. I have a soft spot for it as I used to watch it with my son when he was younger. We would get snacks, go for a drive, park somewhere nice, and set up my iPad and pretend we were having a cinema day and binge episodes of it. I will be honest, my favorite parts of the show are when Deathstroke shows up, as he is my second favorite character, and if I remember rightly, I don't think he shows up until season two. Anyway, I'm happy to hear any episodes you do cover. Hope you guys are both doing well. Keep up the good work, Stuart. Um, So thanks very much for the email, Stuart. Thank you for the recommendation. Firstly, I think you and your son going out uh, for kind of making a day of it and kind of having a outdoor cinema style watch of a Batman show. That sounds amazing. So awesome there. Um, Deathstroke for, I didn't know Deathstroke was in that show. So that's intriguing. Uh, He said season two, was there more than one season of this show, Joe? So season one was broken up into two parts and the second part is very different from the first part. And unfortunately the the second part is very good, but it was when the, the scheduling of the show was god awful and most people had no idea it was even happening i didn't even watch the second part until the blu-ray came out because it was just too hard to keep up with it and then i watched the blu-ray of part two so yeah it's it's technically parts one and parts two part two i want to say it was a big two-face arc 
was mm, um, okay. was part two. And honestly, I don't even remember how much of a role Deathstroke played. Uh, it's It's been a long time since I revisited that series. That's why I kind of wanted to at least touch on a couple episodes and maybe get myself back into it. So I'm glad that Stuart is interested in that. For me, my it was it was kind of the like it was a big deal. It was a new Batman cartoon that I hadn't made appointments to watch a Batman animated show in a long time. So I like I didn't I didn't have Batman Brave and the Bold on my radar when it was on, and mm-hmm. um, and the Batman wasn't my thing. So when Beware the Batman started, I was really pumped. So it's cool to hear someone else was was in the same boat there. And yeah, if we could at least cover one or two episodes, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. And our next uh, email here, it's just, you know, chalk it up again because the subject line is Beware the Batman. And this is from Jonathan Mercado. And he says, Hi, Eric and Joe. I just heard your episode asking about the series suggestions. I have never seen Beware the Batman, but I'm open to it. I'm just happy to be on the ride with you guys. Thanks, John. Well, John. Thank you so much for the email. And that's another, I mean, even though you haven't seen it, that's kind of a leaning towards let's kind of do this. So you're, you're actually one of several people who have, (laughs) who have said, (laughs) yes, I'd love to hear you guys talk the, uh, beware the Batman. So it looks like we are going to be talking beware the Batman at some point this year. We're going to have to look at when the, uh, do you remember when the anniversary is Joe? I actually think it's in a couple months. Um, let's see i'm sorry uh yeah july it was july of 2013 is when it first aired so yeah sometime in the summer just to show you it was one season first episode was july of 2013 (laughs) the final episode didn't air until september of 2014 so that's why people think it was two seasons it was it was a terrible schedule okay gotcha (laughs) All right. So yeah, thank you, John. Thank you, Stuart, for the recommendations there. Yeah, thank um, you guys. <laughs> Joe's very pleased over that. Yeah. So we will be uh, watching some Beware the Batman. We'll let you guys know when we're going to do that and, and what we're going to cover. Um, I imagine we'll at least cover the pilot um, and we'll see where it goes from there. I do want to also let you guys know that we are going to be covering some Beware the Batman this year or not beware the Batman Batman, the brave and the bold. See, you've got me all messed up now, Joe. (laughs) Um, We're going to be doing some, some coverage on the brave and the bold since that show is 15 years old this year. My goodness, how time flies. Um, But yeah, so we will keep you guys apprised of everything we're going to cover for these anniversaries and, and how we're going to break that down. I don't know if we're going to do it exactly how we did Batman the Animated Series last year because we kind of ran out of time on that. But we will determine that and keep you guys apprised. Um, But Joe, I think that's a great place to end this one. This was a lot of fun looking back at a character that not everybody loves, but I think he's a really fascinating one in Jason Todd. Uh, So thank you once again for joining. Thank you for coming along with me. Oh, thank you for having me again. And thank you for, you know, this, this topic. I I think some of these are the most fun episodes because there's not really a structure. We just kind of want to have a fun conversation about a character. Like I I still, I still love our Dick Grayson episode we did last year. Um, Mm -hmm. That might've been a couple years now. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it's fun to just kind of get together and talk about this stuff and, and bring some stuff to people's attentions, hopefully. And, and thank you everybody for sending in the questions and, and the email and, and, you know, uh, just being a part of it. That's always really fun to see the feedback and everything. So thank you guys. And, 
and yeah, I'm looking forward to um, the next couple weeks to see what we go, where we go from here. Awesome. And why don't you let everybody know where they can find you in the meantime? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd as jforn 11 And you can find me on Facebook as Joe Fornarotto, F-O-R-N-A-R-O-T-T-O. Excellent. And as for myself, you can find my personal accounts on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd at mecarter89. That's M-E-Carter 89. The show's social media presence can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TFRBatPod. Once again, if you'd like to send us an email, we will read those on the show. You can reach us by email at TFRBatPod at gmail.com. If you're looking for a way to support the show, the easiest and most effective way to do that is to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you give us a review on Apple Podcasts, a written review, we will also read those on the show. Um, one more way to support us, and we don't ask that you spend a dime on this show, but if you do, we greatly appreciate it. You can go to redbubble.com and search shop TFR, all one word, and find our awesome logos on all kinds of paraphernalia there. So thank you so much for joining and celebrating 40 years of Jason Todd with us. And until we talk to you again, make sure you keep that bat signal lit and pointing skyward. Batman was created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane and is the sole property of Warner Brothers Discovery. The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast, is in no way associated with Warner Brothers Discovery, DC Comics, or DC Studios. Thoughts and opinions of the participants of this show are their own and do not represent the companies that they work for. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. at home base. I'm concerned how you would handle it in the field. Perhaps he's primping. As I recall, Master Richard spent nearly half an hour admiring his reflection the first time he donned his cape. Jason, get on out here or I'm going on patrol without you. Gotcha! Would've, if I hadn't seen you slip behind the computer banks three minutes ago. Nah, I got you. How does it feel? It's feels awesome check me out i'm robin the boy wonder are you kidding me this rocks come on old man we've got bad guys who need chasing this is the best day of my life all right is, is somebody snoring i'm so sorry you hear him it's my dog dude i, I just heard him <laughs> <laughs> he's he, he passed out he does not like when we're home because he does not get to rest <laughs> so now that the kids are asleep he's just like resting right near me he is passed out